G'day, mate. Hey, how are you? Not bad, how are you? Yeah, not too bad. How are you holding up? Oh, as good as I can. <laughs> yeah, I know. No. Yeah. Got the same. This, this uh, isolation thing. Say that again? I said I've got quite used to this isolation thing. Are you enjoying it or are you slow losing your mind or? Ah, a bit of column A, a bit of column B. <laughs> so what about yourself? Uh, it's about the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a slow descent to madness. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, it's been awesome to get creative, but, uh, you know, there's only so long the brain can continue to be in that frame of mind before you just want to go out and uh, see mates and all that sort of stuff. Exactly. Well, hopefully things are starting to get lifted and we'll be able to start seeing people soon. Yeah, that's it, mate. That's it. Herd immunity this shit. Let's get it going. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, welcome to the 21st episode of the chat with Matt Rings. More people joining us here today. I'm joined by easily one of the best live front men I've seen in quite a few years, Leon of Ladies, and as well as recently the Bandwagon Workshops. We'll talk about that in a bit, but so, sure. thanks for taking the time to join me today, man. Anytime, mate. It's good. It's good to be doing something with my time. It's great. So thanks for having me. Of course. So why don't you just give a quick summary of who you are and what you do and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, a singer in a band called The Lazies, as people might or might not know. Uh, we're a five-piece rock and roll band out of Australia. We came to Canada in 2014 and since then have... Uh, been working with Ian Desar from Billy Talent. He's our producer and mentor and friend. Uh, countless tours of Canada. I've driven through some of the most insane snow blizzards of my life. The Rockies, summer, winter. Uh, been to Europe lots, played through Europe and the UK. Released a record called Tropical Hazards, which we love. <laughs> it's done pretty well. Um, and then, yeah, now moving on to Bandwagon, which is a uh, songwriting and uh, personalised sort of mentor initiative where you can do this sort of thing but focused on your creativity. Mm -hmm. yeah. You are a very busy man with many talents. Uh, you mentioned, obviously, you did a lot of shows and touring across Canada, Europe and all that kind of stuff. What's been the one show highlight for you that stuck out the most? Blacken Festival last year in uh, Germany near, uh, I think it's near Hamburg. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the most mind-blowing experiences of my life on and off the stage. Never in my life have I been such a, uh, such a festival of that scale. <laughs> it's, it's probably the closest you're going to get to Woodstock, but it's just heavy metal and rock and roll. It's... Um, you don't find anything other than a black T-shirt for miles. <laughs> who was the crazy who else was on the uh, Who else was on the uh, was with you guys? Oh, who else was on the uh, walking bill? Uh, from memory, uh, Austra fellow Australians, Parkway Drive, were headlining our mm -hmm. night. And uh, Airborne from Australia. Um, and to be honest, a whole bunch of metal bands I knew nothing about but loved watching. <laughs> like seriously, some of the craziest shit you'll ever see. I think there's a band called Cradle of Filth I watched. 
and the makeup and the costumes and the the uh, you know pyrotechnics and all that sort of stuff it's mind-blowing a lot of them too they're on the same circuit so um you know you get to see them a couple of times <laughs> even see them backstage and all that getting into their gear and stuff it's pretty funny <laughs> it's pretty good pretty good so on more the uh, business side of things what's been a highlight for you whether it be bandwagon or the band or yeah i mean um bandwagon has been great uh started testing the concept about 2017 worked with your mates out of crownlands and um dead levy a band from regina fallaways a band from uh, vancouver jailbirds out of toronto pterodactyl problems out of toronto geez the list goes on and then um sort of uh channeling all that and the understanding of what it was i decided to launch it publicly 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 <laughs> and um yeah man the response has been overwhelming uh i sort of gave myself a full-time job which is awesome <laughs> and you know we're scaling it now to a uh new heights we've sort of launched a comedy sector offering the same sort of advice to stand-up comics and comedians across the board. Got a fellow by the name of Jeff Leeson, who's a Canadian boy, but, um, you know, 20-year-long in, in the comedy scene across North America. He's awesome. He does uh, off-the-cuff. That's what his specials are called. So he will literally go out there with no written content. Yeah, I'm sure he's got some, some stuff in his arsenal, but he just goes out and creates an entire special out of the uh out of the crowd and how they react and interact and all sorts of stuff so what better guy to start sort of running the comedy sector so yeah it's really busy and a great concept and um one that i'm understanding as it goes but it's helping me in my own pursuits with the lazies and things like that you know you've got to uh it's such a savage world out there in the entertainment industry especially now we can't even host live shows, which was a huge earn for the industry and the artist. So um, now is the better time. There's no better time to get creative and um, focus your your attention towards that. Attention to detail. And basically to sum it all up, whether it's songwriting or, you know, writing a special as a comedian, if your content isn't, bulletproof then you're going to find holes in the bucket and uh that's a process that the lazies took 15 years to discover and i can honestly say with our latest album tropical hazards through the guidance of ian from billy talent you know there was no room for error so and, and we we're enjoying those fruits now because you know the proofs in the pudding the proofs in the reviews how people react to a record if you don't have it uh, finely tuned and connecting with your audience, you, you know, you're back to the drawing boards. So now's your time. Now's your time to get it right. That's absolutely right. Now is the time. So uh, back to the comedy thing for a second. Is this your way of uh, introducing your stand-up career or is that just uh, something else? <laughs> Dude, I have, a, uh, I have a little bet going with one of my mates that I was reluctant to get involved in, but um, we're going to, we're going to, by the end of the year, we're going to go into competition for our tight 15 
and mm -hmm. uh, maybe stream it and uh, get a bunch of comedians to watch it to actually maybe even judge it because we're not stand-ups, but I'll kick his ass, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm through. Going down. Not even, he's not even funny. Like, maybe I'm even laying the foundation now. He's shit. Like, so I'll take him down. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. So obviously you mentioned The Lazies, Tropical Hazards, very well-received album. I love Nothing But Trouble. I still blast it, like, every week at least once just because it's a really great pump-up song to get me through the day. So what's new with the band right now? Is it kind of on hold because of everything? Are you guys working on new music or anything like that? Yeah, we're, we're doing a new album. So... Um... This year for us was always going to be a quiet year. Um, we experienced it writing Tropical Hazards. There's no, there's no three-month process to writing one of our records, especially with Ian, the commitment that he has with Billy Talon. Um, we, we sort of cherry-pick his time and, and whatnot, and he is as thorough as you can imagine. So there's no rushing a record from the lazies and there never will be so i'd say that uh, for the rest of our career we're always going to take about a year to write an album it's because once it's out there mate it's out there you know you can just get slammed by the critics all the trolls and the keyboard warriors out there and it's a musician's job to shut them up with the content <laughs> you know uh if you can release great music there's going to be no need for people to try and take you to the cleaners if you release half-baked stuff because you rush it or it's just not good enough be prepared for the onslaught it's uh it's brutal so Very true. yeah we're writing an album we're about three we're about six songs musically three songs complete hmm. i would say two two and three quarters a <laughs> uh, quick comment from yeah, as soon as it's possible, the lazies to have to come back to Germany. We're craving for you. Uh, yeah, man, I'm craving a German beer. <laughs> That's so, a remarkable place to play live music. Unbelievable. We went there twice last year. Um, and just the response was insane. You know, you can put, you can put uh, 10 years into the Australian market and maybe get 200 people to your shows. You can put four years and five years into the Canadian market, maybe get 350 people to your shows, and you can do one and a half years in the German market and get 500 people to your shows. They're just crazy for it. So it's a bit of a bummer we can't get back this year, um, but we're going to get back because that's the mecca of rock and roll there, man. They love it. Until you've experienced it, it's uh, something you've got to do. So what do you think the future of touring is going to look like after all this kind of stuff is over then? Hmm. At first, probably a little um, shitty. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know how long it's going to take until we can pack 500 people into a club without people going crazy about all that sort of stuff. But I think it'll get back to the same. But you know, it's just going to take uh, it's going to take a cure, right, or something to something to stop this spread of this this thing whatever it is <laughs> this virus yeah. but yeah no it'll come back it'll come back and uh we'll all be rocking again hopefully i mean the worst case scenario is that everyone goes broke you know people can't reopen their doors i think there's got to be like some kind of um there's gonna if, if things go really badly say there's a resurgence or something in this stupid virus there's, there's just going to have to be some kind of 
trust fund set up globally that that can be a platform to give venues money or festivals influx of money to get things back on track i mean it's happening for the economy so yeah if uh if there's a world without festivals because they all go under there's going to be a demand for it regardless right so something's going to have to give there's no way we can get through as a civilization for another so imagine imagine five years without summer festivals five years without small club shows like it's just not not even a possibility so do you think there's any future in these like drive-in music festivals and stuff like that or do you think it's going to kind of like just be a fad and then <laughs> i always wonder like people will start bipping their horns noxious <laughs> 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 dickhead who just you know I, mean? um, I don't know i'm not interested in that that's pretty that's pretty lame in my opinion <laughs> what just looking off stage and seeing a bunch of cars or <laughs> yeah what? that's so weird oh, come on how are you gonna even keep people in the cars and then there'll be just people jump hopping between back seats and then the virus spreads anyway so whatever <laughs> yeah, very true so yeah this year was going to be a quiet year for you guys were you going to do like a lot of touring or a bit of touring or not really we were we were going to take any sort of opportunity that came our way in the fall um we had a few shows booked over the summer but it was always gonna be focusing on a new album that can take you to new heights um that you know the this the album cycle is a real thing and uh we just weren't ready to try and pump one out before say European summer this year because it would just be a shit standard and we don't want that. Yeah, it was, it, we were lucky in that sense. There's a lot of bands that have just lost out big time, which is heartbreaking. So we, we got in our festival season last year, which I'm so grateful for, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Who knows even if it'll go ahead next year. I think Live Nation put something out saying no shows to, or big events till fall 2021 or something. Yeah, something like that. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah, it's a crazy time. We, who knows what the fuck's going to happen. I'm curious about something, though. How did, uh, how did your relationship with Ian from Billy Talent begin? Like, when did you guys start working together and all that? Well, that, that's a good one. Um, funnily enough, the whole cliche of you don't know who's in the room when you play that you get told and told and told and told as a young musician actually came true uh, and changed the course of our career. So we we decided to come over to Canadian Music Week in 2014 based on meeting guys like Monster Truck. We met them in New York in 2013. And they were like, you know, there's a rock scene in Canada. Why are you guys hanging out in Australia? And we're like, I don't fucking know. That's a good question. <laughs> so we applied, got in, came over, and um, there was a bit of groundwork done and whatnot. And just, I think it was Ralph James signed us on a Saturday afternoon at a barbecue, the Aussie barbecue. And it turns out a lot of our German partners were there too, and they flew home. And those German partners flew home that night, but they stayed at Ian Desar's house and they still do every year because uh, they were right behind the growth of Billy Talon in Europe. So they come home to him and they're like, you, you should check out the band, the Lazies. <laughs> uh, they play tonight. <laughs> and um, 
So Ian was like, okay. He did a DJ set and wandered down to the bovine and it was just chock-a-block and came in and saw it and instantly sort of fell in love with the band and we drummed up a conversation after our set and I think that was about May. We flew home. We hung out with him again a couple of nights later. Flew home to Australia and then uh, get an email saying, you know, whenever you want to come back and work on a song, let's do it. So I think by early July, we were back in Canada and it was uh, Shake It Like You Mean It. So we wrote that demo when we went home. We were just super pumped. Finally, you know, some things were flowing for us. So we put all our energy into that and came back and just um, worked on that song with him and actually recorded it with Garth Richardson in Vancouver, who did the, uh, he's done various records. His dad, the producer of the year, the Junos named after his dad, Jack. Mm. And uh, he's, he recorded the first Rage Against the Machine record with Killing in the Name, which is huge in my eye. Um, so we got a bit of a double whammy, eh? So that song went really well. And then from there, just uh, that's what happens, the snowball effect, right? Yeah, it's, always, it's always such an interesting story hearing how like, oh, we met this person at this place and then all of a sudden it rolled into this giant thing. And it really is a one shot, just like it happens in the moment. And like, oh, he's actually here. And then it's a snowball, you're exactly right. It's like, it's like this, man. Like, that's why I started Bandwagon because I have a lot to owe to Ian for his mentorship. Um, you know, the, one of the... <laughs> One of the first things Ian said to me is like, oh, man, I love the band. You don't have any songs. <laughs> and I was like, oh, really? Turns out, though, we did get a song that me and Matt wrote on Sonic the Hedgehog. Thank you, Ian. Um, <laughs> but he goes, yeah, you got no songs, um, which is kind of true. You know, he's, he's 90% right. I think we were, we were floating on, uh, what was it? I think All Fired Up was one of our best songs. We'd, uh, yeah, that was one of our singles. So, you know, the guy was right. And um, it's not until we had Shake It and then Black Rebel followed that. And then there was even a bit of a lull for us trying to figure shit out and stuff like that. But, you know, then it's nothing but trouble that comes in like a bloody hurricane and um, changes again the course of our career and gets all, you know, international markets like Europe and the UK involved. It's all because of the song. And uh, that's, 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 the, that's the absolute basis of Bandwagon. Um, you know, you, you've, you, as a young band, you've, you've got to seek these professionals that know what they're talking about. It, you know, it's difficult for anybody in their 20s to really, you know, achieve incredible things regardless. You're just young. You're starting to sprout. You know what I mean? Whatever career you take, you don't see a 25-year-old CEO because they're not grandfathered in yet. They haven't come through the ranks. It's the same thing with music and writing novels and scripts and whatever it is creatively. There's always someone a tier above you that's going to give you that guidance. It's going to proofread your script or novel, produce your songs to get you to that next stage. So that's the initiative of Bandwagon because, you know, I'm in my mid-30s now and I've had that training. So... Yeah, it's very important for young musicians to factor that in when they're demoing, when they're actually paying for things. God damn it. They are, it's quite easy to throw your money away and, you know, you upload your music to Spotify and go, oh, fuck, no one's listening to it. 
Well, there's a reason. <laughs> there's a reason. You need to go back to the drawing board and figure that reason out in your own time. But generally, it comes down to the fact that the song just isn't good enough. So there's not a lot of people offering a service like that, and I think it's great, man. Well, you definitely found well, you definitely found that hole in the market. Sorry? Oh, no, you guys definitely found that hole in the market. Like, there isn't a group of people at the level that you guys were at, like, helping the next generation of bands. Like, I remember when Crowlands told me that, oh, yeah, we're going to meet with Leon and Maddie and do some work on some stuff. And I'm like, wow, there's not a lot of guys doing that. And it's really great to see. Hmm. So what is yeah. the main goal, like, overall? Like, is, are you guys going to develop this into, like, a future, like, a bigger thing? Or is it going to be more on a casual kind of basis? Yeah, 100%. I mean, this can go global. There's whatever genre, whatever sort of style. Like, as I said, we opened up a comedy sector now where Jeff's pretty confident that, you know, I had a great chat with him the other night. And it's like, you know, everyone wants to pick your brain at a show or whatever, but it's like, how about you structure it so there's actual mental sessions? Like, let's get real, you know? It, 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 it troubles me that the, the, uh, there's people of the opinion that this service and stuff isn't worth money or it isn't worth time. Like, I would like to see someone's uh, framework of a house should they not undergo any training. <laughs> It'd be a fucking disaster. Why is it any different in the creative arts? It's, it's just not. So, yeah, sure, there's going to be absolutely gifted people out there that just, you know, they pick up a paintbrush or a pen and they can just create brilliance. But other people like myself have always, I've always had training from a very young age, whether it's music lessons, um, all that sort of stuff. So yeah, it's a, it's a great platform. I love it. I love it. I love how many bands are getting involved and you know, it's, it's not just a one-time affair either. You know, these bands are regularly reaching out for more advice and things like that. And that's part of the, that's what comes with starting something like this. But yeah, I want to make it so it's universal, man. So, you know, you can uh, you can get this assistance without too much trouble. No, that's absolutely you know? great. And I think that we need more people like that really trying to help and nurture. Because there's always also kind of an underlining rivalry between bands, especially at like a lower level. Like, oh, we got to stand out above this band. Are we going to, especially like a lot of the younger Toronto bands are trying to fight each other, trying to stand out and all that kind of stuff. But I think... Yeah that working with guys like you, it, it shows like, you gotta focus on the content, the content's gonna speak for itself. Uh, uh, yeah, I've got so many bands I'm working with at the moment. Don't spend another dime, I tell them. Don't spend another fucking dime on anything, but make it, if, whether it's through bandwagon or paying for a producer, that, that is your goal. Because without that song and that currency, you're just another blimp on the map. It's simple as that. You've gotta stand out. What stands out is hit songs. Done and dusted. You can't polish a turd. And that's the, that's the bottom line. But it's not, it's not the band's fault. And that's the thing, you know, back in the day when records were selling and there was an abundance of money, the stories I've heard in the music industry that was around before me, I'd be dead. Absolutely no doubt. Because I'm a party animal and I have no boundaries. Thank Christ there isn't what was going on in my life. And I pushed it pretty hard. But um, that, that said, there was a lot of developmental packages, you know, and deals. You would sign a developmental deal before you get the real thing. Um, and they would put their resources 
to that band to develop them. That doesn't happen anymore. Labels focus on what makes money now and what's going to continue to make money. They don't, you have to prove yourself before you're going to get a shot at any label these days. Any label. So who's going to pick up the pieces of a band that, as I said, their songs just don't have that X factor yet. The nuts and bolts are not enough. Who's going to pick, who's going to grab that band, instill the knowledge and the, and the passion into them um, and the energy to, to transform that band from a six to a 10. A record label's not. Like gone are the days where you're going to send a record label a demo and they're going to call you and go, hey guys, great news. <laughs> we want you to become part of our fold. It's like, no, not happening. Um, so bandwagon is that pre-step before that where we can get a demo and go, fuck, there's some really good shit. The press photo's awful. The name's awful. There's all these things that, you know, Gordon Ramsay, perfect example. He's an abrupt piece of shit at times, but he goes into those restaurants and says, you're fucking shit, and this is how I'm going to make you better, right? But he's so brash, but he does it, and it worked. It's a formula. He transforms it. That restaurant wouldn't have stood a chance unless he came in there, right? So I'm a bit more decent <laughs> than that pommy bastard. But, um, you know, there's, there's so many things where you just have to look at it and go, is that what you want to relaunch as? Is that the name? Okay. If you want to do that, that's your choice. But here's my advice. Which Ian gave me the same advice. Ian said before Tropical Houses, this is your last chance to change the band name. We said, no, we've run under it for years. Doesn't make sense. Neither's Food Fighters. There's really talent. He goes, great, keep it. So we did. But he gave us that chance. He gave us that option to explore in our heads because when it comes down to creativity, what's a finish, what, what's finished really, you know? So it's cool, man. I'm loving the concept. I've got a really big announcement to make too. Um, I'll say it now because I don't really care. But <laughs> like, so I'm friends with the uh, guitarist Ryan Roxy um, from the Alice Cooper band and uh, developed a really great relationship with him. Over the years, he actually reached out to us about a song called Young Modern Lightning off our record. He loved it. Um, I think he's played our music to Alice Cooper, which is incredible. And, uh, you know, he loved the platform. So we had a meeting and we're going to be announcing his services to young bands coming out soon. So, you know, you're going to have the option to work with a guy who's played alongside Alice Cooper I think for around a decade in stadiums around the world. I mean, how could you give or give up picking that brain if you're serious about a career in music? <laughs> you know, it's uh, and it's not even viewed like this. Hello, Dad Levy. Uh, we're live now. People can hear what we're talking about. This is one-on-one -on -one sort of service that we offer. Um, you know, without without anybody watching, it's 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 amazing. I'm getting the comedy. I'm definitely getting a comedy mentorship. Right. <laughs> I can't wait to go to your stand-up. So, Leon, what, what's one big piece of advice that you could give those up-and-coming bands? Um, focus on your music. Focus on your songs. Focus on your songs. If you had 24 hours in a day, I'd spend 22 of them on your music. And I know that's hard because the creative sort of process process is very, very tiring and demands a lot of energy 
and commitment. And I know that the world is crazy and you've got other things left, right and centre. But when you get a great song, and I can speak from experience, people will like your Facebook page. People will go to your YouTube page. People will go to your Spotify page. That all came from the music. You're not selling them bananas. So if you don't have a great song, then it doesn't matter how much you push or advertise or do whatever. People aren't going to connect. So they're not going to be as passionate about that, that connection. So focus on your music. And it just so happens we now have a service where you can focus on your music. That's, that, that's my biggest piece of advice. I'll, I'll, I'll finish it by saying when I did hang out with Garth out in Vancouver, his father's Jack Richardson, you know, the guess who I think he was involved with Lenny, um, not Lenny Cross, Pink Floyd, Bob Ezrin is one of his dear friends. You know, I, I don't know. They were involved, Alice Cooper, I believe as well, just involved in everything. And uh, Garth told me once he, he wanted to pick his dad's brain. So he got a pen and paper ready and all this sort of stuff. And he was like, hey, dad, I want to talk to you. I want to follow in your footsteps. I want to be a great producer. I'm here to pick your brain. And his dad just wrote, <laughs> just, just looked at him apparently and just said, good songs sell, bad songs don't. And walked off, walked into the next room. And Garth went, said he finished it up. I said, is that it, dad? Is that it? And from the other room, he heard him say, that's it. <laughs> there you go. From the, uh, from the guy who has a Juno in his honour for producer of the year in Canada, that's the shortest and most concise advice he could give his son who recorded the first Rage Against the Machine record. Best way to have it. So, Leon, I want to thank you for taking the time to join me today. What's, uh, what's next for you during this quarantine shit? Summer! <laughs> um, yeah, I'm taking a place up in Muskoka, actually. Um, and it's by the water. We're doing a bit of work on the house, doing bandwagon. My mate who's involved in bandwagons got this, like, crazy sort of culinary dream up there called Northern Bites. And uh, it involves tacos and all sorts of crazy shit. And I just want to embrace the sort of summer where the focus isn't on going to a patio and getting slaughtered. It's about being creative, working with other people's dreams, helping them out how you can. They work with you. Let's create the ultimate, the ultimate commune, man. Because <laughs> guess what? The governments don't give a fuck about us. <laughs> so let's go all for one, one for all, man. You know? The musicians, you know what? I, I haven't got one cent from the Australian government. Not one cent. Mm. Nope. But guess what? They'll be wanting us to put on concerts and stuff for charities and things like that. People back on their feet. So it's time the musician took the forefront, I think. It's time the artist and the creative brand started getting a little bit more credibility, you know? We've got techs, we've got science, we've got creativity. And honestly, it's up there with those two. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what I focusing on leon can you name three bands that people should check out hmm yeah well yeah because i'm kind of working with heaps of them <laughs> yeah. um well first and foremost i want to say check out crown lands but i don't think they need any kind of 
extra <laughs> advertisement. They, they're doing great things. But personally, on a front with those guys, you know, they just they just started getting things really rolling and this fucking virus hit. So they're a band that's been heavily affected by their progression. So I really want to maintain their presence. Check them out. Um, I, lo I really love a band that I worked with called Dick Levy. Check them out. They're from Regina. Move away from that place, guys. Come on. Um, <laughs> I think it has like one skyscraper. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm just going to rattle off a few bands that I work with in Bandwagon because they deserve it. Uh, Fall out of BC, they've got a great new age punk rock sound. You know, if anybody's going to take the baton from someone like Sum 41, um, it's those guys. Just a hard-hitting great band. Um, a band that I really like too is Fortunate Losers. They're really great. Um, a band that I worked with called Pterodactyl Problems. They're, they're, they're looking, I think, at a, a, a bit of a revamp and a relaunch. But uh, Davey from that band, he's a great musician. So young too, I think he's like 21, 22, voice of a bloody angel and just, just writes these choruses and intellectual sort of music, you know. It's re really deep and cool. Um, who else? Come on, my brain's ticking over now. Another guys that I've just started working with are called Reckless Four. Um, again, we need to tighten the nuts and bolts, but they've got this like kind of Brothers Osborne crossover sort of country twang to their rock. It's epic. Um, Kender actually from the Creep Show is working with me on that project. Uh, check out the Lazies; they're pretty good. Oh, and I should plug my other project. I've got a side project called All or Nothing. It's just piano and voice. You can find that on SoundCloud. And who else? Who else? Come on, get my brain ticking here. Who else should I say? Oh, actually. Check out Jer's new project from Monster Truck called Bear Taker. Let's leave it with that. It's uh, it's really cool. It's kind of got this old school Metallica feel to it, um, with you know ingrained with that Monster Truck flair. But I actually love it. If you skateboard, which I do, I love putting my headphones in and just tearing to that. So yeah, there's some uh, there's some cool stuff. Oh Dan, a quick shout out to Revive the Rose. Of course, worked with those guys. Man, as I said, there's so many bands coming forward. And I think each of them could agree that the advice they've been given and the guidance and stuff like that, it's so personally catered to their next steps. Because as a creative business, being in a band, you really have to focus on what you need for that, you know, every step of the way. So, yeah, it's really cool. Oh, shout out to Stuck on Planet for joining at the end here. But, Leon, thanks for joining uh, today. Where can people find you and all that kind of stuff? Um, on social media, like, uh, if you want to hang out on Instagram, I'm the Australian dreamer. <laughs> I think you see it up the top there. The lazies is obviously on Facebook and Instagram. Um, you know, you'll find me if you want to find me bandwagons out there. So bandwagon workshops, you can email me there. If anybody's interested in sort of finding out a bit more of what it's about and yeah, I'm here to help. That's what we should do more help <laughs> i agree so thanks for everybody who's tuned in for episode 21 of a chat with matt thanks again to leon for joining me i got another great week coming up next week 
On Monday, a former professor of mine from the Music Business Management Program at Durham College, Catherine Skeen of Music Matters, will be joining me on Monday to discuss some industry stuff. Wednesday, on May 20th, I have Joel Lalone from the band Midnight Echo. They just put out a new record, so we're going to talk to them about that. And then on Friday, uh, someone who mentored me and has given me a lot of great advice over the years, we're going to sit down and talk to Joe Buscema. He works with Cherry Pools. He worked with Set It Off, a lot of these great alternative bands on the rise in L.A. So that's great. Leon, thank you again for joining me. Thank you very much for having me, mate. Take care. You take care as well. All right, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye, mate.